and illness can become an all-consuming experience. Hi, and welcome to I Am Not My Pain podcast. I am your host, Melissa, a chronic pain sufferer for over 20 years, and I know firsthand how pain can easily take over your life and isolate you from others. But the truth is, we are so much more than our pain and illness, and we are not alone. There are millions of fellow warriors on their own journey. Join me as we hear real stories of people living with pain and illness, their challenges, their victories, and the treatments they use to get through the day. I am not my pain, and neither are you. Welcome back to I Am Not My Pain podcast. Today we are continuing our interview with chronic illness warrior Marlena Chertok. Marlena shares her experience growing up with spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia, a rare bone disorder and form of dwarfism resulting in short stature, chronic pain, arthritis, scoliosis, neck instability, hearing and vision problems, and more. If you haven't already listened, I would highly encourage you to go back and check it out. Marlena shares how her condition impacted her childhood and how she navigated that impact. Today, Marlena is a communication specialist at the World Resources Institute, where she creates communication strategies and narratives for their publications, including their blog, their program's newsletter, and their social media, as well as assisting with events. She serves on the board of Split a Rock, a national network of socially engaged poets, and for two years, she was co-chair of Outright, Washington, D.C.'s annual LGBTQ literary festival. Marlena has published two works of poetry called Crumb-Sized Poems and On That One-Way Trip to Mars. She utilizes her writing to shine a light on topics such as chronic pain, disability, sexuality, and science fiction. She moderates panels at literary conferences, facilitates writing workshops, and reads poetry at open mics and reading series. You can find out all about Marlena by going to her website, marlinachurtalk.com. I will, of course, include this in the episode description. When we left off, Marlena was about to share more of her thoughts on invisible disabilities and so much more. Let's continue her interview. I I think that's really, really true. Like, just because somebody can't see it doesn't mean it's not real and it's not a struggle. And like people will stare at somebody parking in a handicapped parking space and be like, why are they doing that? They don't need that. They're able to walk. Or like if somebody uses a wheelchair and gets up and like tries to reach something or or whatever, like, or walks a few steps, like, oh my God, it's a miracle. Like, No, there's so many levels of paralysis or of not being able to have full function of your limbs. Like it, the nuance is just so under appreciated and there's such a lack of awareness. And I just love seeing more and more disability representation um, because I think that's a huge way of advocating for ourselves, of sharing with others and like asking for real policy change like ADA is amazing and revolutionary but that's 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 not all we need (laughs) there could be so much more yes and I mean that was a long time ago I mean not that but long and 
So it needs some refresh. It needs yes. uh, some additional <laughs> things to it for sure. There's things that need to happen. And our opinions and culture need to adjust as well on, like you said, you know, realizing that just because this person may look completely fine to you, they're not. And you just don't know what someone's going through. So you need to behave in a way or yeah. just yeah. zip don't, it a little. Don't just assume things. Yes. Like it, that's so incredibly rude. Yeah. I think that's one thing that having this pain has taught me is not to assume that, you know, to pause because you drive me crazy. Like, you know, people would just say, well, you don't look sick. You look fine. I don't get it. Why can't you do this? Or why can't you do that? And I'm just like, okay. Oh, well, you're making it up. Yeah. I'm already feeling, you know, uh, uneasy about not being able to do it. I already feel bad about it. And then we have the comments, you know, we add that, like, why can't you? And, you know, if only you just pushed a little harder and I'm like, this is me pushing hard. I mean, right. I'm here, aren't I? Like I'm, I'm dressed. I'm, re- you know, that, that you, was don't, a- you don't know what I'm feeling right now. And yeah, that lit a light bulb for me when I would look at others and have those quick snap judgments that I was like, wait a minute, like I was doing that too. And so I can't really say I can't do that. So it really did teach me to pause and say, I don't have a clue what this person goes through. So I need to, I need to not say anything like, or I need to ask and talk to them and get to know them and understand what they go through and the complexities of everything and then have more knowledge about how I approach things. So it's just, I think that is a huge part of what, for me, you know, that really did help me and help me have empathy. You never know what somebody is dealing with, like sitting next to you on the bus or somebody else in your office. Like people go through all kinds of struggles every day. And you just never, never know what you were talking about earlier about already feeling bad for not being able to do something or whatever that might be like that, that guilt of like, oh, I need to rest. I feel like I'm not doing enough or doing my best. That is ableism. And it, it sucks because we all deal with it. And sometimes it can feel really overwhelming. Yeah. And the shame that comes with it and the guilt. And then I think that only just compounds everything else we're going through. And it's easier said than done just to snap our finger and be like, right. Not going to feel guilty anymore. I'm not going to feel the shame. Yeah. Still struggle with it. It's still something that bothers me. Like when I can't make an event or the pain is bad and I have to adapt something that I didn't want to or uh, but it definitely gets easier with time in a way because you learn, but still it, you're right. It's still there. And there's that little voice. It's like, well, I should be able to, even though, you know, logically yeah, conditions and you're like, no, really can't. But that is silly little emotional side that just creeps in. Yes. Yeah. It's partly messages from society we've taken in and partly like, I think, a little disappointment that like we can't do something it's just it's hard to have a body that has pain and is every day and it's it yeah it's just hard 
processing those emotions and juggling, you know, internal and external and all of that. And like, I, I know for me, writing is really where I'm able to process my emotions and stress and anxiety. And like, I write about pain, trying to describe it for myself and others. And like, I write about identifying it as disabled and like dealing with PTSD and like all these different things to process for myself, but also try to share it in the hopes that somebody will like feel seen. Yeah. That's, that's what writing does, I think, too. And I'm not the best writer by any means. So uh, would beg not... to differ. Oh, you're, you're very kind. Podcast <laughs> outline was wonderful. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, it took a long time. I was like, okay, now she's a writer. So I gotta, I gotta <laughs> get, you know, I gotta at least have it somewhat good. So that <laughs> I was like, I don't want to seem like I'm completely, you know, not, not a writer, but I don't consider myself, you know, a a writer per se, but I find that speaking for me and is my cup of tea. You know, I love talking to others about it. I love communicating that way. But I think when I read what others have written, it really touches my soul. Like, and it's just that aha, like someone else goes through this. And I love it when people can describe things in certain ways that you just, you couldn't come up with you. It's like, exactly right. what you would love to say, but you just couldn't. That's what I love about writing in general. And that's why I love reading about different conditions and, and the way people write about it and how they go through their own process. And it's always fascinating to me to meet different people. Cause we all do, like I said, we process things so differently and it's whatever works for us is the key. But I think you can always still see pieces of yourself in anyone that goes through Absolutely. something chronic. You're just like, yeah, I get that. I get that. But I think writing is is a huge tool for so many people. And it is so important because it also gets our voice out there as well. And that is huge. And that's what I love about what you do is that you really get out there and advocate and get the voice heard, which is so important to making change in so many different ways. And speaking of that, so basically when I was reading through your website and your blog, you had something very interesting that I kind of wanted to touch on because honestly, it I hadn't registered it. And I'm gonna be honest, like didn't even fully grasp the gravity of it until I read your article. And that is about climate change and the disabled. So I'd love for you to kind of go into it because I just think it's it's an important conversation that needs to be had. And I don't think people even, including myself, really thought about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm definitely not a researcher or science expert, but I work in communications at an environmental nonprofit. So I'm deeply immersed and deeply like worried about these things. It's it's really scary to see that we're not prepared as a society to address the impacts of climate change and especially how disabled people are impacted. Like many people may be unable to evacuate during a natural disaster. And yet during the recent hurricanes in the US, like governments and states just told people, well, get out, you know, evacuate. This many this many com uh, communities and people need to get out. And that's not helpful. Like 
it doesn't consider disability or mobility issues. It doesn't like consider all the medical devices or medications or whatever somebody might need to bring with them or have space like in a shelter, let alone like thinking about the costs to evacuate or to stay in a hotel or whatever it might be to drive to get the gas like really to properly address the climate crisis the needs and voices of disabled people have to be prioritized current climate action plans like early warning systems for floods or storms or whatever or wildfires are those accessible to people who are deaf or blind? How is the information getting out to every type of person? I, I think that there's so much more our governments need to do to prioritize communities who are the most impacted, who are vulnerable to ensure their resilience. And that absolutely includes the disabled community. Yeah, I just thought that was very important. I mean, I think about when you see like the news and you see where they go back after the hurricane and they talk to people that had to live through it because they couldn't get out because of, you know, they said, Oh, I didn't have the ability to move. I'm in a wheelchair or I don't have a car because I usually get driven everywhere and, you know, things like that. And you just, you take that pause. And I think we all pause and go, Oh no. And then it, we forget about it until the next natural, natural disaster. Yeah, yeah. And then we're like, whoops, we didn't do anything. And I, you know, to think about early warning detection and all those things, I think that the disabled community needs to be included in these conversations 110% because they are being completely left out and it's- And have solutions, you know, like there's yeah. so many adaptive devices and thing like things we learn how to do that you know people could governments could really learn from us yeah (laughs) how to to be adaptable ourselves and that's what you would have great suggestions on how to make this more could protect everybody and that's the goal of these things is to get the most people alive as we can out of there and safe and that is just not happening And we're definitely failing in that sense. And when I read that, it was like that light bulb moment where I was like, I don't know why I've never thought of this before, but I haven't. And that, that made it like, where I was like, oh, I have to talk about this because that's crazy that, you know, I hadn't even really considered it. I mean, I did like a little bit, you know, after the disaster and then you just kind of move on to the next one. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not talked about. It's not considered. It's. There's yeah. such a lack of awareness of disability in general, let alone how people might be affected during a natural disaster. There's so much lack of planning at, at the bare minimum yes. for natural disasters and climate change. And yeah, people are going to be left out and injured and die if all of these different nuances and parts of disability are not included. Yeah, they need to be addressed for sure. And I just think that that was a very important point because I was just, I read it and it was, I was like, okay, we need to discuss that because if I hadn't even really thought about it that much, then I know a lot of others haven't either. Absolutely. And so the more we can 
talk and get these things out there that hopefully, and that's why inclusion is so important. And I know in today's age, a lot of people are like, oh, the book, you know, <laughs> but it's the truth. And it's it, including everybody in these conversations is very key and important to getting the right solutions for everybody. I think the inclusion aspect is really huge. And including the disabled in these in climate action plans or making things more accessible, that helps everyone. Like it's not just a benefit to disabled people. People of all kinds, uh, you know, benefit from curb cuts, like people who walk their babies in strollers and like needed that, or people who use, who listen to audiobooks um, or talk like talk to text or whatever that might be like those were all things that were developed for the disabled community and everybody now uses it and benefits that's so true you don't think about and we really are very interconnected and we do benefit from all those things i know i do i use the talk text sometimes we don't always agree with siri but in her <laughs> my interpretation of what i'm saying but i use it all the time it, I know it has trouble with accents or maybe somebody with, with speech trouble. There's so much more. Oh, yeah. Yes, and there is. You're so right. We're doing this. This was incredible. Thank this you was lovely. Time. To learn more about Marlena Chertok, including her poetry, books, blog, and advocacy work, you can go to her website, and I'll include it in the episode description. And you can find her second book, crumb-sized poems at a bookstore near you or online. And I would definitely check it out. She has definitely a gift for writing and a talent. So I, and I really enjoyed reading through your different things that you have on your site, let alone your, and some of your poetry. So it's just, I love people that can do poetry and not have to rhyme everything. Oh <laughs> God, I, I write. That's how I do it. Cause I don't know how to do it. So it's like everything <laughs> rhymes. And then I'm like, I can't think of anything that rhymes. With it. <laughs> so that is why I'm that's, not a writer. Well, that's why free verse is so great. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for free verse. So and I really appreciate you coming on. This has been wonderful to talk to you and, and thank you to all my listeners for tuning in. And I hope you tune in next week to hear another amazing warrior and their journey. And remember, you are not alone, and you are not your pain. Like the show? Please subscribe and leave a review. Or to learn more about the show or how to become a guest, simply visit our website at www.iamnotmypainpodcast.org. That is iamnotmypainpodcast.org. Your story matters. We look forward to hearing from you. Hi, this is Keith. I am a martial arts therapist at the Hero Circle, a global healing and wellness initiative inspired by the children of kids kicking cancer. Would you like to discover the power of your breath while fueling the purpose of thousands of sick children across the globe? Simply check out our free adult meditation catalog at herocircle.org forward slash meditations. To learn more about our program and our inspirational little heroes, visit our website at herocircle.org. From all of us at the Hero Circle, we wish you a wonderful day.
power, peace, purpose.